You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to TechFan 183. Um, those of you listening last week will remember that Tim is not with us this week. He is on travels across the country doing his job. But I am instead joined by Owen Rubin. Always a pleasure to speak to you, Owen. Hey, how are you, David? I'm pretty good. I've been sick for the last couple of days, but I'm feeling a bit better now. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, it's the way things go. You know, I've, I'm not sure whether it was... I was travelling on Tuesday down to London. I don't know whether I picked up something from somebody on the way in terms of being sat in a train for four hours or whether it was the sushi I had when I uh, had dinner with my brother. <laughs> it, uh, it's probably 50-50 on both those things. Um, but but uh, yeah. We just got... Diane, my wife and I, Diane, just got back from Vancouver, and I did the same thing. Came yeah. back with just terrible stomach ache, and I realized it was probably the junk food I ate when I was up there. And yeah. this one particular restaurant, it was not good. Yeah, that's the thing. When you're traveling, sometimes you sit in a restaurant, and you can make poor menu choices. You eat stuff that you probably wouldn't ever eat if you were at home. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> well, I was just walking around the city, just sort of tooled around while she was at a conference and got hungry so I went into this place that was a uh, a mall that had a you know one of those mall restaurant things in it yeah you know and something they were giving out samples said oh that tastes good so I ordered it it was good in the sample it wasn't good in the whole uh having yeah. the whole thing wasn't so good I always wonder sometimes <laughs> those samples are, are cooked with a bit more love and attention than than what happens if you <laughs> if you go to the fry cook at the counter and say give me give me half a pound of that please yeah. Well, you know, here, try this chicken nugget yeah. thing. You know, so okay, that's really good. Yeah. And then you order it, and it's and it's all breading and no chicken. It's like, where'd the chicken go in that? It's like, yeah. and of course, you're hungry, so you eat it anyway. And then that's about right, yeah. six hours later, you go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. One day we'll have um, we'll have the appropriate senses in our phones that we can just wave over the food, and it will tell <laughs> us the the bacterial load that we're about to put into our system. Now, that's a great idea. It is, yeah. Scan my food and say, there's a sensor. I want to scan my food and say, and have it just go red and green button. Don't eat this, eat this. <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking maybe you could do it kind of like the black light they use in CSI, but maybe not because that might show up things that you didn't want to know you were eating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have one of those. I have one of those lights that my brother had it, and, he, and I have it from him. And it's a big, bright, ultraviolet flash, LED flashlight. Yeah. And, and you you do not want to turn that on at times because it shows up things you just don't want to know about. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like when, you know, we, I, I, I saw something the other day that, that said that the amount of bacteria in the average human weighs about one and a half kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think how small bacteria are, that's, so disgusting. that's a heck you know, of a lot of bacteria. But the thing is, you don't know about it, so you don't care. It's only right. when you when you're aware of these things that you become kind of conscious of it, you know. And and I suppose we live in this very modern culture where we're constantly washing our hands and we're very concerned about hygiene. When in fact, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years, our ancestors have just scrabbled through the dirt and they haven't really bothered about it, you know. 
Oh, I know. And what's that? What's that? Um, that infection that you that the hospitals you were getting because they were so disinfected that they couldn't stop it. My brother got oh, it. I can't uh, remember what it, it was called. It, uh, MRSA. MRSA. Yeah, yeah. Multi, multi, I mean, he multi, got it. Multiply he was... resistant Staphylococcus, I think, is is what that one is. And and yeah, basically, it's because because everything's been so sterilized, it's adapted to all the all the uh, antibiotics and the and the bacterial agents and everything, and and it's kind of hard to kill. And I think people rely on it too much. I, I was watching the news the other day with the big Ebola outbreak scare, and and I use the word scare because it's you know more iPhones have been bent than people in the U.S. have caught Ebola. So let's you know putting that in perspective. But so they're interviewing That's, people at in the airport. Yeah, talking about that, I saw one the other day that said more people have been more Americans have been Batman that have died of Ebola. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. So, so they were interviewing these people in the. Oh, I, that hard disk just fell over. Um, they were interviewing people in the airport. You know, they said, "Are yeah. you worried about Ebola?" I said, "No, I've got, I've got my mask." And they had these, you know, these surgical mask-like things they put over. And I've got my hand sanitizer. Well, I guess if it, look, I guess if those things make people feel better, feel better. Yeah. But, but the point is, is if. if if Pete, if the if the news weren't interviewing you in the airport asking you were worried about Ebola, you probably wouldn't even think about the hand sanitizer in the mask. Exactly. <laughs> well, so, but the line that got me the most was the guy, the the, the expert that came on, and he said, um, "You can't catch Ebola by sitting next to someone on an airline, but you can spread it." Yeah. Yeah, that, no, well, hang on a sec. Well, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, there's there's a subtlety there, isn't it? I and in fact, you could, if somebody next to you had 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 Ebola, they would have to be at the I can't move sick stage to spread it to you. Right. Yeah. But, because but he was that's, saying, you can't catch the, it, but you can yeah, spread it. That's the only. So if you could spread it, it means you could give it to someone who could catch it. So you can obviously catch it. I mean, obviously you'd have to touch them or they'd have to cough uh, on no, you. Well, or no, well, no, I think, like I think what would happen is if you, if you had it and you coughed, uh, and that cough landed on some plastic, and then the next person who came along kind of touched the plastic and then oh, put, put their finger in their mouth, then, then that's how it could spread. Um, but but, but you yeah. can't I mean, you can't catch it by just being sat next to somebody. I mean, look, if anybody coughed on you, that wouldn't be very nice. Uh, and yeah. you, you can catch diseases that way, and that's why, you know, we all go on trips, and then we come home with colds and coughs and all of that sort of saying, thing. There but was the problem, a movie. Yeah, the problem sorry, is see, there was a movie that opened with that. Yeah. It showed all these people sit in a theater, and someone in the back coughs, and they show. Speaking of bacteria, they show all these droplets spreading through the movie theater. I can't remember what movie that was. It opened that way, but but, but here, there's the thing. That's that's airborne transmission, and right. that, that is not how Ebola spreads. That's part of the exactly. problem. Is people people think, oh, you know, if it's somebody costing you on all of that, it it you actually have to ingest the bodily fluids of somebody else to catch Ebola. That's 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 the subtlety, yeah. really, um, and so. Uh, but you know, look. Let's not let's not minimise this. In in one respect, people who've been treating people with Ebola have caught it from them, even though they've had the protective right. masks and the and the gloves and the sterile environments and the soap washdowns and everything. They have managed to infect themselves. So it and is you not- heard what's causing it. They think the CDC has changed their or change or changing. I can't remember if they finished or not. It's the removal of the. Of the protection, yeah. so these people catch it when they take the thing off. They're handling yeah, because, this because infected that, because then the the fluids that they've been touching kind of can end up inadvertently, you know, 
I guess splashed around. Sp- right? Well, yeah. You, 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 if you pull pull your hand through a sleeve, then there's a chance you might deposit what's on the sleeve. It it's just it's just you know these these people aren't used to dealing with this infection, and so it's just poor procedure. And it's nobody. Right. It's really nobody's fault. It's you know, I know there was a lot of blame being thrown around. How can this happen? And you could argue that maybe in in the Western world, it should be possible to manage this disease without spreading it to the health workers. But you know, it's it's it's, it's people not understanding. It's people. Oh, that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, there's going to be some spread. I think where the for me where the fault was in this, and then we'll talk about something nicer. But um, was these two these two nurses that caught it? I think they were nurses. One of which. Got on an airplane and flew after knowing she'd been and well, told she couldn't fly. That's a mistake. Okay, they should mistake. know And also, better. the other one who'd been um, who'd been working with Ebola and then went on a cruise, probably not the wisest course of action. Yeah, and, and I think the third one was a NBC anchor woman who was under CDC quarantine. She was told not to leave her house. And she decided she wanted some takeout, so she got up, went down to the restaurant down the street, and bought some takeout. And what bugs me is that this isn't somebody who's ignorant. These aren't yeah. people who are ignorant of what's going on. These are people who we trust to know better. And I think that was my biggest anger but, in this: is that here's someone who yeah, knows but, they have it going out. But I mean, that's, Just, it's bad that's, form. that's that's human nature, unfortunately. And look, we're tech guys. Yeah, I guess I, we yeah. know that we should back up our computers so we won't lose data, and yet. We we don't. Uh, we know. My backup's running you know, right now. We know. We know that we shouldn't install. <laughs> we know that we shouldn't install beta version of software on our production machines, and yet we do. Yeah, we do. you're right. You know, we make we the know, same mistakes. I we agree know with we you. You're right. Click on links in an email, unsolicited email, and yet every now and again we do. It's human nature to think. Okay, well, I, I'm. In fact, in some respects, I wonder if sometimes if you have that knowledge, you kind of can be a bit. Uh, arrogant and say, "Well, yeah, I'm an expert, yeah, this so can't I, I can assess. I can assess the risk here and decide that it's okay for me, and it will be all right." That's a good point. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, I, these people say, "I know, I don't. I'm not spreading it, so I can go yeah, out yeah. because they have more knowledge." And, and you, you see, it all yeah, the that's time. an interesting yeah. point I never considered. You see, I, you see, it all the time, people who drive cars. People who, people who think they are better drivers will tend to drive cars more dangerously. They will drive them quicker. They will uh, not not put their seatbelt on and everything. It's all it all comes from that kind of that inbuilt arrogance. Um, and that's, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, and, and and sometimes as well, all the technology we have around us kind of reinforces that arrogance because it gives you that other safety cushion. It's like you know, oh, I can I can drive my car fast because I've got an, anti lock brakes and I've got electronic stability program and I've got uh, airbags, <laughs> you know, and it's and it's like, well, yeah, but but all of that is just a false sense of security. Really, it's not going to help you if you hit a wall at seventy miles an hour. You just have to watch YouTube to realize that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. People will do some pretty stupid things. <laughs> Indeed, and what's worse is they will do stupid things while their friends are filming it. Oh uh, yeah, well, <laughs> they're know? filming it themselves, and then having done the stupid thing, they'll put it on the internet so everyone can laugh at them. <laughs> It's a very, very odd world we live in, really. It is a odd world. Watch, I'm going to jump off this house into yeah. the swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so going then, back to the Ebola thing, I don't want to make light of it because, let's face it, a lot of people have died and it's, it's a horrible, horrible disease. And I very much hope that they get it under control. But 
yeah, I think I think those in the West are in a very fortunate position. That it's very, very unlikely that we will ever encounter anybody uh, who's directly been affected by Ebola. Whereas, unfortunately, in Africa, there are whole villages being wiped out because they just don't know what to do. And one person gets it, and before you know it, they're all dead. Um, yeah, and the comes, saddest story yeah. I heard was uh, that with not Ebola was a the guy who runs photo safaris in Africa, mm-hmm. and they're about. They're about 3,000 miles from where the outbreak, and he's down 82 or 84% in people going because, again, this is where a little knowledge is not – it's Africa. That's like yeah. that's like when people – I know people come to California, and they go, hey, I'm going to be at Disneyland. Can I drive over and meet you? Sure. We're six hours away, but drive yeah. on over. That's right. right? Yeah. They don't They don't kind of look at the map, and yeah. they don't realize it. So you know, people are starting to hurt other ways, and that's you know, right. air, yeah, that, air travel is down, and business is down. To, and so yeah, there's yeah. a lot of fallout from this. Guys, it's kind of sad. Go, go to go to far in South Africa, in Botswana, those places. I, you have no risk of getting are a fine. there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and uh, they're great places to go to. So yeah, I agree with that. I think the only positive, if you can kind of take it like that, that I see out of this whole situation is that. Ebola up until six months ago was a disease that effectively, well, you could be nursed through it. And if you were nursed through it and you survived, then that was it. But there was no treatment. And now they are talking about maybe having five or six treatments. All of this research has been massively accelerated. And maybe as a result of this, Ebola will be much less of a risk in, for everybody in the world in the future. Because well, that's all interesting. Of a sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, they, they, they're finding ways to deal with it that... that basically never got dealt with before because there was there was no money in it for the pharmaceutical companies <laughs> so uh so hopefully that if, if there's if there's any silver lining that comes out of this sort of terrible epine- epidemic it's hopefully that as as a species we we won't have to fear this disease quite so much in the future Oop, sorry about that let me stop that thing from making noise here my mail just came in uh yeah i agree with you it's yeah. it's there is some new there is some new research being pushed forward very quickly into a, into a cure or a prevention. Let's and yeah. I know they're testing it. That's also another sad area. You know, I, the port the port drug companies. You know, there's people are saying, well, why don't they just put it out? It's in, it's in test. But you know, if they put this thing out in test and it turns out, you know, it kills every third yeah, person. The kind of you know, yeah. they're going to say, why did they put it out? Yeah, the drug but, drug companies give drugs to doctors, and doctors take a Hippocratic oath, which is do no harm, and that kind of means don't right. don't experiment on your patients if you can avoid it. Right. <laughs> however, however, yeah. if you have a you have a drug like I mean, you have a a problem like Ebola. Which might kill you anyway, yeah. okay? And you're looking critical. That's exactly the person to give the drug to because well, because you have sort of a no. There, there's there's no downside to that. That's either right, the yeah. drug doesn't work and they're as bad off as they were, or the drug does work and they're better off. Yeah. Okay. Or the drug has a side effect that causes them harm, but in that case they were going to die anyway. So, yeah. you know, it's it's at some point you have to say, look, if we can if we can stop this thing by putting out an early drug we should probably test it that's at least my feeling on it your yeah, mileage but, may vary well indeed and also as well it's it's difficult you've got you you can't snap a finger and turn out drugs just overnight i mean they right they're not manufactured in they're not like it's not like making cars <laughs> they are they tend how, to how long has ebola been around oh it's, it's at least 20 30 years um, when it's been formally called Ebola, but uh, I mean there are there are a variety of other similar diseases, these hemorrhagic fevers that are kind of the same. Um, okay. So uh, it's as a class of of bugs, they're pretty horrible, but they are fortunate. Fortunately, they don't tend to break out that often. Um, it's I mean look look, if you're worried about 
epidemics in the West, it's not going to be Ebola that gets us. It's going to be flu. Yeah. You know, that's, oh, the, yeah. one, that's, I, the, no, one that's, that's the one that's got form. That's the one that has actually killed millions and millions of people in the past uh, in, in epidemics. So actually, you know, don't worry about the, about the more exotic stuff. It's the flu that you want to No, no, I was just curious how long it's been yeah. around. Since 1976, yeah. actually. I just found it. Uh, mm-hmm. Two simultaneous outbreaks in Sudan and uh, in the Congo. Huh. Yeah, and it occurred near the village of near the in a village near the Ebola River, That's which right, is where yeah. C's name came from. Okay, I, I just learned something. <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess it's no fun to live near that river and say oh, I'm just going to go and wash myself in the bola. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, go do laundry in the bola. Yeah. Okay, something more fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you were tell, you were telling me just before we started that you were actually using headphones this week, and that came out of this trip you took with your wife. So tell I, I don't me about normally, that. I don't normally wear headphones i you yeah. know i have i've owned a couple pairs and i don't like them and uh my wife and i were in seattle a couple weeks ago and on the the train from downtown seattle back to the airport which thank you for having that seattle because it meant i didn't have to drive to the airport which is awful yeah um this guy next to me was had a, this black pair of headphones on he was rocking to some music and i realized there's no wire so uh-huh. he's got a, it's a bluetooth over the ear set of headphones so i said oh those are cool and i tapped on the shoulder I, I, tell me about those and he put them on my head and they sounded really really good uh-huh. i was really impressed at how well they sounded um so uh he said oh he got them on ebay and i'm trying to, and while i'm talking to you i'm trying to look up the company name so i can actually say so i'm wearing these i, I ordered a pair for like I think they're on sale for nineteen ninety nine. Wow. I think they're twenty ninety nine right now yeah. made by a company called tenka t-e-n-q-a I don't know if you know those. They make earbuds and over the head, but these these wireless headphones they sound good. And they also have a mic in them. So cool. uh, yeah, right now they're twenty eight dollars on on Amazon. Just to give you an idea. So um, they hook up Bluetooth. They hook to my phone. They hook to my computer. They actually hook to my set top on TV. Yeah. So like if my wife doesn't want to watch, doesn't want to hear the TV, I can put these headphones on. Uh, and they, there's two buttons on the side. One is the uh, connect disconnect button mm-hmm. that has a little picture of a phone on it. I said, "Well, why does it have a picture of a phone on it?" So my my iPhone rang and I tapped the button and it answered. Yeah, there's a mic in them. There, there's no boom or anything, but the person said I sounded fine. So I'm wearing these wireless Bluetooth headphones that cost all of tw- stereo Bluetooth headphones twenty eight dollars right now. I mean that that I remember these things used to be one hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, so so the, are these the kind of the uh, the ear cup over the ear types are not going in your ear yeah they're not buds yeah they, right they okay over the top and, and uh, they're you, not noise canceling yeah. which would be nice but they they do block noise so and it, and i wore this, them on the plane back is they it, were are, fine. are you talking to us on the mic from those at the moment no, I, no? I, I, okay. I, I haven't tried that. I guess I could switch it to see what it sounds like. But, well, yeah, um, I mean, one thing that certainly I've, 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 I've tried various different things talking to Tim on the show before, and he said that it always sounds terrible. So I, I think the problem is some, <laughs> sometimes the, uh, the, the back channel, the microphone channel back to the device is is designed for phone and phone is obviously lower quality than than we aim for on the podcast so sometimes it can sound a bit fuzzy um but uh it's normally pretty good for calls i've been a fan of bluetooth for a long time um i had a i had a pair like this uh I, again they were only cheap i bought them about four or five years ago uh, they were motorola um and again they were about 30 dollars on amazon and um same sort of deal you know the 
the button, the built-in microphone, built-in battery. A battery lasts for ages, uh, and I was really, really happy with them. I think about five years ago, people didn't wear over-the-ear headphones so much, certainly here in the UK. Everyone had buds, and so when you wore them, people kind of would give you a couple of double looks because, you know, you were wearing this big fairly bulky set of headphones on but uh, but I thought they were really good and, and I've been a fan of Bluetooth ever since if I could find uh, I have a fantastic pair of Bose in-ear headphones at the moment that are noise cancelling if I could find that with Bluetooth that would be my perfect combination Okay, I switched. I don't know if how yeah, well you no, hear me. Yeah, I am on. I'm on the mic, and it's not going to sound as good as the no. It's, it sounds very compressed. It sounds like you're on the phone. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Okay, so that, that kind of uh, bears up. So wait, I'm going yeah. to switch. And you're now you're back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just wanted. That's what they sound like. But yeah. For, for telephone, they were fine. Well, yeah. Over a telephone connection, you don't really notice because telephone's pretty lousy anyway. Um, yeah, and Beats made it okay to wear big headphones now. That's right, right yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can all wear them now because it's okay to have these things. But but I'm enjoying this for – and you're about the battery. They came with a, a plug and a USB connector. It looks mm-hmm. like an earphone plug on one end. You plug it in, connect it to your computer, and they charge. They charge, and then the, they last about three, four days before yeah. I had to recharge them again. Yeah. They're, they're really – I, I, I yeah. Bluetooth is one of those technologies that I think is one of the unsung heroes of 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 our our technical world today because it really is kind of magic what it can do. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean we've got all these devices that are talking wirelessly to each other at very very low power for a very long time. Um and you can exchange all this information, all this new handoff capability in, in iOS and and Yosemite all comes from a combination of Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And it really right. is quite magical technology, in my view. And I, and I think, think we kind of take it for granted. It's just always there. But the fact that you can get in your car and without connecting your phone for hours, you can have it talking to your car stereo and then take calls through it and everything. I think it really is quite amazing. Diane said the other day, it never that never gets old for her. Well, you know, she gets into her car. She's she bought a, she's We got her a new car, her Sadly, her little Volkswagen Beetle, yeah. which was a 2002, but it only had about 70,000 miles on it. The transmission just went, mm-hmm. you know, it just it would stop reversing. Yeah. And that's just not enough that's, miles that's for a transmission awkward. to go out. Yeah. And yeah so yeah. Um, we went and got her, a, uh, as I call them, a baby Prius, the Prius C. Mm-hmm. I always thought the C stood for compact. It stands for city, I learned. And it has the Bluetooth stereo you know it has the, the it has all these bells and whistles and she loves it she you know she gets into her car and her leaves her phone in her purse and if the phone rings she presses a button on the on the steering wheel and she answers and if she wants to call somebody she presses the same button and just says the person's name it transfers it has transferred the entire address book from her yeah. iPhone into the device yeah. so she can just say call Owen home boom it calls me and she says she says every time she uses that she smiles it doesn't get old no I I, I, <laughs> I mean I, I had uh, the, I've not seen this Prius C they don't sell this in the, in Europe the, they only sell here the Prius the regular Prius and then the um, the bigger the one Prius the kind v, of the, yeah the one the, with, the, the one with yes which has seven seats kind of like the, the you know the big the big uh, station wagon type version. Um, so it looks like the station wagon one shrunk. Yeah, I mean I'm, it's I'm, almost I'm, the exact same shape. I th- shape. I'm looking at a picture of it here, so uh, so I can see it. But the thing is, is that uh, I had 
I had the pre, I had the current generation preview, uh, Prius. I had that about two years ago, and then I had that, and I had that for three years. And th- before that, for three years, I had the original, uh, the original second generation Prius. And even back then, what year? What year was your uh, second that, one? So that would have been uh, the original one I bought. I got would have been. I guess 96, 97, maybe. 96 uh, no, or sorry, 2000? Sorry, 2000. It must have been about 2007. Yeah, I have a 2006, yeah. which is the, so, the so new yeah. body, the first new body, the second generation. Second the new body generation style. body style, yeah. And even yeah. back then, yeah, it had Bluetooth in it. Um, it was one of the first. Well, I had to buy it. If yeah. I wanted it, it was like an oh, extra right. twenty eight hundred bucks. Here, here in the UK, it was standard, and um, nice. It was, it was very, very cool. And I, I decided at that point I would never have a car without Bluetooth again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it I is. Really... I, and now it's free. It came, it came equipped in her car for free. Yeah. Uh, my sister bought another Toyota, and it's in her car for free. Uh, in my car, I have. Um, I have a gadget from Kensington that hooks my phone to the stereo, yeah. and then I have a Bluetooth mic thing on the adv- headset, you know, the, the the visor. So I get the same kind of idea, but it's not incorporated as well. I mean, I like her. She'd be listening to the she's listening to the stereo inside. She's got satellite and digital and all this stereo stuff. You can play a yeah. MP3 stick. It's got. Um, Satellites, I said satellite. It's got navigation and it's got Bluetooth, and they all work together. So you know the when you're driving and the phone rings, the music dims, automatic, you know, goes down automatically. Yeah. The the voice backs off a little bit on the navigation, but now it starts putting better prompts up. It's it just amazes me how well that works. I love that. That to me, she's right. It doesn't get old. That yeah. kind of stuff just makes driving easier. It really does. Absolutely. Now, interestingly enough, I, I've just booked a test drive of um, a Nissan Leaf, which is an all-electric vehicle. Yes, I'm aware of the car. Yeah. We looked at it. So, so um, they've just announced, they've just started doing seven-day test drives here. Oh, how cool. So you, they give it to you for seven give days. It, give it to you oh, for seven days. Cool. Now, I, I actually saw one drive past me. After I signed up for this year, I saw one drive past me, and it's kind of festooned with Nissan advertising. I mean, it, it, it you know, you know. <laughs> oh, is that the one they think they give you? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the one they give you, yeah. So, uh, you know, you know how uh, it, when the local newscaster gets given a, a car by the sponsor? Right. Yeah, and and it's all covered. It's all you know, this is yeah, the Brad Chickwell's driving the uh, the Ford Prius, Ford uh, Pulsar from from Alpaca Motors. You know, it's kind of like that. It's all over it. But never mind. Who, who cares? So yes, yeah, seven days. Because obviously, if you want if you want to test drive a car like that, you need to learn to live with it to figure yeah, out. You absolutely. know, absolutely. I wish they did that here. So um, uh, and and I started. We looked I, at it. Yeah. We looked at that when we were buying her car. We said, well, maybe we, this is the time to get an electric car. But the Leaf had a range of about, I think it was about 80 miles. Yeah, they say um, 125 miles best, probably in, in real world use, about 80. Um, now, that's going to be fine for me for a week going to and from work. I wouldn't be able to do long, right. longer journeys than that. Um, to, well, but we have another car, right? Yeah. You, have, you have another car, We right? have another car, yeah. So, right. so I'm going to... So we said that. Yeah. We, we said, okay, but but if I drive to the other side of the bay for where work would probably be, it's about 50 miles. And if I can't plug it in, yeah. I'm not coming back. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's the problem I so, have with it. So here's so, the thing. Yeah, because my, my office, there is a charging point right outside, a public charging ah, point. Ah, lovely. So I figured, yeah, I could use it for a week, and then every couple of days I'll just park it there and charge it for four hours. I'm not going to charge it at home because apparently if your wiring's not very good, it can kill your wiring. <laughs> well, there's two ways to charge. Yeah. So there's 
they have a they have the low the low current charger and the high current charger. So if you don't have the power, you can run it off of you know standard mains, and it yeah. just takes all night to charge. Well, this, if you yeah. have the, the the better wiring, and they and that's what they do. They they sell you a package yeah. where they come out and they rewire your garage. Then you get the high speed charger. So what's so, it cost over there? It's it runs thirty to thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's here. about it's about the same sort of price. It's it's 60, about the same. Sort of, so so for a car of that size, it's expensive. But um, you've got to balance that against the fact that during the life you own it, you'll you'll spend pennies pennies per mile on fuel. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Oh no! I, if no, if no. I could do it, we you know we have a friend who uh, who bought the Toyota Rav Four electric, which is actually uh, a Tesla with a Toyota body on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a Tesla drivetrain, Tesla battery, at least the way I understand it. It's all done by Tesla, and and it's all electric, and it's real. She, she, I've gone. A number of places with her, and it's awesome. I mean, it just it makes no noise. It's, it's got a, it's got an amazing amount of power. Electric yeah. motors are really kind of high torque. But she says the same problem is that you know she gets somewhere and then she looks at that that charge meter, and the thing is about electric cars, the Tesla included, everything runs off the same battery. Um, so what happens is when you start getting low and getting worried, you have to you have to turn off you know the radio, you have to turn off the heater, you have to turn off the AC if you're using that. You have to you know have to turn everything off in the car. Uh, you know, I envision people driving with their lights off going down the road. You know, yeah, it's a bit, bit like a tri- on, bit like on your phone when the phone's running low. All of a sudden, you say something right. Well, turn off Wi-Fi, <laughs> turn off Bluetooth, fill uh, exactly. the screen, and you know try and get <laughs> exactly. a bit more charge out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so to get that little bit more. Uh, a little bit more distance, so, which is why I tend to like hybrids. I, I the, the, as, as much as I dislike the look of the Chevy Volt, and I don't know if you have that one over yeah, there. Yeah, we have it here. It's called the Vauxhall Ampere, but it's the same vehicle. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's a Vauxhall. Okay. Yeah. So I love the idea that it runs as an electric car. Now, they need to make that electric better. It needs to go the distance of a leaf on electric. But having this little generator that will at least limp it to where you're going. Yeah. To me, seems like a great idea. You know, give me this little gas backup that I hardly ever use, but just in case. See, I, I think I know. could I could live with a 125 mile range or an 80 mile range if, when I stop to charge it, I could charge it straight away. The problem is, is, is if it takes four hours to charge, then that's 80 miles plus four hours. Yeah. Well, the, um, gotta, you know, so if you could if you could plug it in and charge it as quickly as you can fill a gas tank, then I wouldn't care if it was if it was every eighty miles. I'd still be I, prepared. We for agree that. completely. Yeah. <laughs> so so that, Tesla did this has this thing because we know I know a bunch of people have them. They're all over California. I see them everywhere, especially in the Bay Area. Um, and I asked them. I said, well, "Can you drive it to Los Angeles, which is a little under five hundred miles?" And they said, "Oh yeah, I've done that." And I said, how long did it take? So they get their 200 miles as it starts to, you know, they, they baby it. So they mm-hmm. get and it's on the road, the highway. So they get good mileage. And then there's all these charging stations. And he said, well, it took about nine hours. And I said, well, why so long? And he said, well, you get to the charging station and you can do a fast charge, which is an hour. And it gives you a little more than half. So you get another 100 miles. Mm-hmm. But there were people in line <laughs> waiting for the fast charger. So it wasn't that it took that long to get the half charge. It was that the charger was in use. So, you know, the infrastructure needs to build up for these things. And then there's a video on YouTube you can look at. Tesla originally was trying to cut a deal with one of the gas stations. And they show this instant battery change. Mm-hmm. You drive over this, you know, like a, it looks like a rack where they would cha- look, work underneath your car. Yeah. And this piece of equipment comes up. 
unscrews the battery, drops it out of the car, slides it away, slides a new one in, puts it back up, and in about a minute and a half, you have a completely charged battery, and off you go. Mm. And they charge about 30 bucks. Was there, in fact, they were talking about doing it for free for a while, but it would be about $30, the well, cost of a yeah. tank of gas. Well, yeah, but, but then you're, you're losing the cost advantage. <laughs> right. I right. Mean, well, no, you know. But only for when you need, when you need the long, long trips. Yeah. Right? Normally, you charge it. But in this case, this was you're on a long trip, your battery's running down, you get, you pull into the shell station or whoever's got this thing, come up onto the rack. And the video on YouTube, you guys, you should watch it, shows um, they have on one side of the video they have a guy pulling in. They show the, the stage. The, he did this on stage. So on stage they've got a video of a BMW 7 Series or 6 Series pulling in to get gas. And then on the other side they show swapping out batteries. And I think they did like six battery swaps in the time it took to fill up the BMW with gasoline. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool, you know. Yeah, but, but for re- long trips, yeah. that might be worth it. But realistically, you have to get whether, whether it's that system, which sounds like a bit of a clutch to me. To me, I think you need to have to, for, for electric uh, only cars to really take off, you need to have equivalent performance to a gas vehicle. So you have to get 250, yeah. 320 miles out of out of a charge, and then yep. you have to be able to charge it in certainly five to ten minutes. Um, I would even, you know, I would even take an hour if I could get that kind of range because I can oh, stop yeah. and have lunch. You stop, and have, stop and have a meal or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, but there is um, a. There was a guy who spoke at a conference I went to about uh, making roads out of uh, of a solar cell material where the road actually charges the car. And his point was, you know, you've got these huge, all these roads everywhere with the sun shining on them. Why not just make them, you know, electric collectors? I well, thought that was an interesting idea. An interesting and he showed a demo of it working. An interesting idea, but the problem is roads fall apart from the weight yep. of the vehicles well, no, over In this case, they don't. In this case, they're they're a they're a gorilla glass. Like, of course, I'm waiting for them to break a road, which is well, yeah, like a gorilla glass like material. Probably, yeah, that the, you drive down. The problem that is, this, as soon as there's an accident on that on that surface with an HGV with a with a big <laughs> truck, then basically yeah. you've got 200 yards of very expensive road that needs replacing. <laughs> that only, well, he's so his other point was that at the cost of of petroleum today. The cost of the glass for the road was cheaper than the cost of the equivalent yeah, blacktop. You know I don't know if I believe that. These, these, I don't know if I believe that or these not. These guys say that, but realistically, it's not. I mean, unfortunately, but I love the kind isn't. of futuristic but, uh, idea. Yeah, it's a great idea, and, and you know, we should embrace the possibility of that. But the, the the reality is, is that we can't get people to take their recycling out to the curb. <laughs> yeah, we're never going to convince them to replace all the roads with solar cells. <laughs> Well, I mean, conceptually, though, this idea that your car augments, I mean, that the roads augment the power of your electric car. So your electric car without those things gets 120 miles. Well, I, but if it's an yeah. augmented road, it gets two or three times that distance because the road is augmenting the power. I just thought, that's a great idea. It was yeah. using inductive charging. How come Tesla... Bearing in mind they're based in California, the the state of sunshine does not have solar cells on their cars. So you, you know that the Prius did it one year, right? right? You notice it disappeared. The Prius put a solar cell top. Mm-hmm. And the problem is the amount of power you generate is so small that they said even if it was on all day long, you would get, you know, 10 miles. Right. 
Well, it's not enough. That's and, enough. And the Prius it didn't even charge the battery. And the Prius, the only thing the solar cells did, because they were so, you know, there were so little of them, was open the sunroof and turn on the fans. Right. So if you parked your car in the sun and it got too hot, the sunroof popped up and the fans came, not air conditioning, just the fans, yeah. and they'd blow through air to cool off the inside of the car. That was the only thing they could get the power to do. And it, that's gone. You can't get that feature anymore. So the cells something else we need to improve on, really. Well, they, they get better each year, but yeah. we'll see. I mean, that, yeah, I want to paint. I want the paint to be solar cell. You know, yeah. the whole car is the absorbing power. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'll put that right next to my flying car. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that sounds like a good point to take a break. So I'm going to split the fire here. We'll stick an ad in in post, and then uh, we'll talk about something else. Hi, everyone. This is Gaz from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here with that big yank tank guy. Hey, you nitwit Brit. Did you know the MyMac.com podcast is one of the longest-running Mac podcasts out there? I did know that. Why do you think that is? I think it's because we bring a blend of tech and entertainment that no other show can do. I thought it was because one of us is incredibly handsome. <laughs> well, thanks, Gaz. I do try to look my best. Yes, guy. Of course. But how can people find the podcast? Well, they should just go to iTunes and do a podcast search for MyMac.com. So subscribe and get your weekly dose of tech fun. Wait, I, I thought I was the handsome one. Yeah, you just keep thinking that and we'll be all right. Okay, and we're back. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that ad from the one of another one of the fine podcasts on the uh, Stoplight Network. So Owen, I was reading earlier on today about okay. um, what would a time traveller say if he if he left today and went back ten years and spoke to Steve Ballmer just as he took over the reins at Microsoft? <laughs> yeah, and this was a very interesting conversation. Because effectively, he said to him, said he, he sits, he sits Steve Ballmer down. He says, Steve, at the moment, Windows is top of the world. Microsoft is the biggest software company in the world. He said, in ten years' time, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, your uh, your market share will have fallen, uh, and a company that you may know know of will be the biggest company in the world. And that company, well, somebody that you gave money to once to save from yeah. closing. Say so Apple <laughs> will be the biggest tech company in the world. And Steve goes, What? And he and he goes, Yeah, Apple. And you know what? They won't be selling they will be selling computers, but really their big business is gonna be computers. They're gonna build an empire on the back of selling music and music players. And then having <laughs> having built up a huge cash war chest from doing that, they're then gonna um, invent a new type of cell phone that's basically going to destroy BlackBerry and reinvent the cell phone industry. And Microsoft... BlackBerry will, and Palm. Yeah, yeah BlackBerry exactly. And Palm. I said, Palm yeah, this, this thing's going to be revolutionary. And then when they're, when they're, when they're not, not going to be done with that, then what they're going to do is they're going to introduce a larger version of that thing that's going to take a massive chunk out of PC sales. <laughs> Right. And, and and so Steve goes, okay, okay, all right, well, I'm finding that hard to believe, but, you know, Microsoft's going to be fighting them toe-to-toe, aren't you? Aren't they? He goes, and the, and the guy Here's goes, my Zoom. The guy goes, <laughs> guy goes, no. You know who Apple's biggest competitor are going to be? Samsung. And Samsung, Steve goes, what, yeah. Samsung? The guys who make the chips and the TVs says Samsung. They'll be selling phones that run an operating system that 
uh, a company you may have heard of called Google gives away for free. And he goes, what, Google, the search people? are going to give away an operating system that's going to be sold by Samsung? <laughs> and where's Microsoft in all this? Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah Steve, Steve, unfortunately, you're, you're going to win. Yeah, you're going to uh, bring in two operating systems between now and then that, um, that people aren't going to like very much. And you're going to lose market share. But don't worry, that XP you're selling today, everyone will still really love that. <laughs> Everybody's still using it. That's yeah, right. exactly. So, but it, but this kind of got me thinking, really, about you know we we look at we look at the big companies that are that are huge today, and we kind of assume they will go on forever. And actually, that is not the case, and never has been the case. You know, H, HP have just decided to split into two companies again. Um, yeah, again, again. IBM is well they've reinvented themselves two or three times they're still a big company but they're not they're not the inventor of the pc that they were um right. you know uh apple has, has has had its its ups and downs um at the moment they're top of the game but let's face it there's a very very good chance if you look at companies like blackberry you look at companies like palm you, you mentioned before um there's a very good chance that one day they will be at the bottom of the heap again um, yeah, so it's 10 years from now. You're talking to maybe. Tim Cook. What yeah. are you saying? I mean, that's a good question. What, what's ne- who's going to jump in there next and 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 have the next new thing? And of course, you don't know because the new thing we don't know what the next new thing is. Yeah, and and it might. It no might. one would have guessed the iPhone 10 years before it came out. Well, no. I mean, let's face it. I I remember being one of those guys looking at the iPod and assuming if they were going to do a, an iPod phone, it would be kind of like an iPod, but with a kind of a a keypad on it somewhere. We never right. thought that they would reinvent it with something completely different. Um, yeah, they really did change the way phones look, and there'll be another change. We know another sea change will come in phone design. Well, I, t- I mean, I, I, I assume that what will happen actually is these things will converge and get smaller to the point that actually we, I, to me, if you look at the natural, uh, the history of where wearables are going, I mean, you can imagine right. in maybe not 10 years' time, at 20, 30 years' time, you, you'll go and you'll buy an an Apple set or a Samsung set or whatever it is, and it'll be some sort of implant. It won't actually be something that you carry. Yeah, it'll if you be believe s- the TV, if you believe yeah. the sci-fi, which a lot of this stuff comes from, you know, ideas come from. I love the idea of, of smart contacts. So yeah. forget Google Glass. I want contacts I put in. They're in, they're inductively charged, and they they can focus on my eyes, so I can see displays right right in my right in my sight. Heads up displays from contacts. I love that concept. Or, or, or even even something you have surgically implanted, or something that surgically implants itself. But they said it's theoretically itself. possible today. Yeah. Today there are contact experimental contacts that can do some display. Yeah. Uh, and you and I think you're right. You'll have a surgical item stuck in your ear canal or in your in your maybe put in a filling in your tooth. Who knows? Yeah, where it'll and, go. and it'll feed it'll feed connections into parts of your brain, and then 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 effectively you'll be the phone. You'll be online. The whole time. I mean, the ultimate expression of uh, God, the privacy, uh, the privacy applications there are going to be tough, aren't they? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, don't think it. I'm trying to think of the name of the David Brin. I think it's David Brin book I'm reading right now that takes place in the future, and they talk about um, the ability to transmit subaudible. Yeah, uh, uh, there, so was, there was a set of of, of novels by a. a, a a British author called Peace Ref Hamilton. He wrote these big sci-fi epics, these kind of the you know these big um, what do they call the uh, space operas? Um, right. And, and one of the universes he had 
had basically two different types of tech users in the future. There was the um, the uh, they they called themselves Edenists, and they and they used what what he called bi tech, and effectively it was it was organic technology. So their ships were kind of like living creatures, and their AIs oh. were all like were like kind of grown from this biotech material, um, and they kind of, so they 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 kind of um, they didn't have physical machines everything they did was kind of grown and they had a gene um and they would they all had a gene so they could like tele- telepathically talk to their technology and then on the other side there was the uh, atomists you know edenist atomists and the atomists used what was <laughs> effectively conventional technology taken to the nth degree and they all used this thing called neural nanonics in the in these books that basically were these these things that kind of you you bought a set and it kind of grew into your brain and then it interfaced you to the internet and gave you all this processing and data and all this sort of thing. Boy, that gives a whole new definition to technology crashing, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it does. It does, yeah. You know. So but, the book uh, I was you, talking about was called Existence. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, so, uh, they did a, a very bad movie of it, as I re- recall. Oh, they did? I didn't yeah, know that. But, yeah. it's, but the, the story aside, in that they talk about um, basically implanted contacts, and there's different types you can buy. You know, it depends on... Yeah. Or, the wear that have better features but they're you know like heads up maps and they tell you how to get where and seeing text messages show up and the implanted uh devices which let you talk or do subaudible communications so you just have to barely say it and this mm. thing translates it and sends the information on i that's probably where we'll go 30 years from now 40 well, years from now, we've right? already got yeah, we've already got those functions today in our phones, so we're not a million miles away from that already. It's just the the inbuilt bit that you need. But going back to the original... So go- would you go to the doctor and have a phone implanted? Well, I, I think like all of these things, <laughs> to us today it sounds very, very bizarre uh, and uh, kind of creepy <laughs> and something we wouldn't want to do. But then say 25 years ago to somebody that, that you would have a small device in your hand that, that was so attractive and had so much communication information in it that you could never ever put it down and you were always staring at it and they would think that was very strange as well. I think... Yeah, Culturally, you grow up with these things and you accept them if the, if they're uh, if they're safe and they work properly and that and everyone does it. Um, so so I guess old, well, I gu- s- old guys like you and me are going to look at these things and think, God, as kids today, they, what are they doing putting that stuff in their brains? But uh, well, there is a patent on a tattoo technology that's a display, so it's clean. You don't see anything, yeah. but it uses. Uh, uh, organic LED style, at least the way, the way I, from what I read, and you can look at your hand and tap it, and then the display shows up, like on your arm or on your in your hand. I thought, well, that's an interesting idea. You don't even have to carry a phone; you just look at your yeah. hand. Oh, there's the, the tap your fi- hit your finger on your hand. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. There's going to be all these organic built-in, you know. I, I think doing an upgrade is going to be an interesting decision, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, maybe you don't need an upgrade. I don't know. It's like. Yeah, I guess I guess it's um, obviously we'd need advances in medical technology as well. But those are those are kind of starting to happen now, as well too. So, so let's. Yeah, just before oh, we just before we finish the topic, I just want to go back to to something that that I've been observing though. Talking about you know companies and and how, where they might be in ten years time. I don't want to I don't want to fuel that kind of oh Tim Cook is no Steve Jobs thing. 
but I didn't say that, by the it, way. Yeah, so. No, I'm not saying you did, but what I'm saying, uh, we, we both know that that is a canard that is often put forward by um, poor quality tech bloggers to uh, start their stories. But I, I well, do, you have to have that Apple is dead story three or four times a year. It yeah. just wouldn't be the same world without it, you know. But here's the thing. Apple has certainly changed over the last couple of years. And I'm looking at some of the things they're doing, and I'm thinking, are they changing for the better, or are they changing for the worse? And I, I'm seeing some parallels of the way things were in the bad old days of Apple, before Steve Jobs came back. I, and what struck me was, after the uh, iPad event last week, I actually saw, and I didn't watch the event live, so um, I didn't get a chance. Nor did I. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it as it happened. But looking through the stuff afterwards, I saw that chart which showed all the iPads they currently sell. And there are loads of them. They are selling yeah. loads and loads of different models. And immediately it jumped, in, it jumped into my head. I remember one of the criticisms of Apple before Steve Jobs came back is they sold too many computers, too many variations of the same thing. They had the oh, performers you are, and you the are, quadras. You are hitting a sore point for well, me, David. Well, I, so, I know I know this is your time. I know this is this is the time when you were in the company working on some of these things. But but that was one of the criticisms at the time is there was oh, no, too No, we agree 100%. Yeah. So – what I have to talk about, so when I was working in system software, the way releases used to go with Apple computers was that you lined up your release of computers with a release of system software because the system had to support the new machine. Yeah. So as, as someone who was in charge of the release group, you know, that was putting all the stuff together, I kept saying, well, look, that computer sits on the shelf, you know, it waits six months because it's waiting for the the release to come out. So it's six months old by the time it comes out. And this computer over here, well, they cut two features out of it and yanked it backwards so they could get it out on the system software release. So there's a thing that I helped create there at Apple called the System Enabler. Some people Mm -hmm. will remember that in those bad times. Uh, It never got got implemented quite the way it was originally designed. But the idea was to allow a new computer to boot the previous software release. And the idea was, I said, now marketing can decide when they want to release the computer because the design team can build the enabler. So say 7.2 just came out. Three months later, you say, here's a new laptop. Here's a new portable. They make a system enabler, and that new machine with new hardware boots on the previous OS. Right. Okay, it was to me. I thought this is revolutionary. Like now, these guys can just release computers when they want to. And and what happened is exactly what you said happened. No longer were the release groups constrained to the release of software, so they started turning the crank like crazy. Yeah. And I actually had Spindler come into my office and tell me to stop innovating. <laughs> He wanted to blame me for this because too many computers were being sold. And what happened is, well, a computer would be sold and people go, oh, that's a nice computer, but there'll be a new one out in a month. Maybe I'll wait and see what the new one is. And, oh, there's another new one and another new one. And people stopped buying because they kept waiting for the new one. Yeah. So, so that, and I agree with you. It yeah. was very dangerous. It was, a, and <clears throat> I look. I just handed them the tool. I didn't point yeah. it at their foot and shoot them in the yeah. foot with it. But yeah. yeah, I get, I get this. It's a sore point for me because that's not what my goal was. My goal was to let marketing do their job, and it yeah. didn't quite go that way. Yeah, and, and so, so the thing with the iPads is, it's not. I mean, obviously, you don't have to. They tend to be on a yearly cycle. So you don't have to worry about about buying one then it being replaced straight away but obviously there are an awful lot of models to choose from and i i'm just not that's just traditionally not apple of late it's they've always yep. had a fairly simple you know you buy this one then you buy this one and now it's like where well, you can choose between a range of 
probably eight or ten models at different price points because you've got the, yeah it's you've, crazy you've what got there the is. Uh, iPad three uh, sorry the iPad four you've got the iPad Air you've got the iPad Air two and then you've got the the original Mini the Mini two the, the uh, Mini three, mini three and mini, yeah. you know and then you've got all the variations of size and. Uh, Wi-Fi LTE and all that sort of thing as well. And then another thing that that we've talked about previously that Apple's doing now that that they used to do back in the day, which was reduce produce machines that were too underpowered. And this whole business with the 16 gig devices, again, kind of smacks of that. You know, everybody. I didn't get that. I was surprised on the iPhone six that it wasn't a thirty two sixty four and one twenty eight instead of a sixteen sixty four and one twenty eight. I did not get why you stick with the sixteen. I can only presume that machine should have just been ejected out of the line. You can I can only presume there's a business decision for doing that because it clearly yeah, agreed. Clearly, it's not an engineering decision. And again, business decisions driving the engineering and leaving customers dissatisfied is a hallmark of Apple before Steve Jobs came back. So I, I don't well, want. You know, there's there's a yeah. group of people who don't like. My wife is one of these. She's got an iPhone. She's got a half a dozen apps on it. She likes the phone. It's easy to use. She loves the app she uses. She she's got a 16 gig iPhone 4. She doesn't even want to upgrade. She's still happy with it. That's why there's a 16 gig iPhone. It's cheaper. People don't care. Those that group of people don't care. We're in a different group, you and I. That 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 go. Why would you ever do a phone that's got so little space? Maybe you know, my thirty-two is always full. I'm sure when I get my sixty-four, it will always be full. You know. But, yeah, but I have I have a sixteen gig iPhone five S at the moment, and it barely has anything on it. I mean, it really does not have a lot of stuff on it. Yeah, because the operating system yeah. got huge. Uh, yeah, yeah, but this is the problem. Even with eight point one when it came out, I couldn't update it on the phone. I had to do it via iTunes right. because there wasn't enough free space, and I had. I did, it wasn't full at that point. I had um, probably nearly two gig of space free, and that wasn't enough. You now needed I, five. I, I, well, yeah. You needed five. And, and, and yeah. at that point, I'm thinking, well, hang on. I've got two gig free, and it's telling me I've got to delete more stuff out of it. That is just too small, even for somebody who doesn't have a lot of stuff <laughs> on there. Because people will have music. They will have the maybe, – right. maybe not so much. Do you much. know why it needed so much space? Uh, because they have to so, do so they have to do this thing where they, they image it. So they can roll right. it back if it goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand why Copies. they have to have the old copy. Yeah, it's, so they have to have three copies still running. They have to have a copy of that that they're going to update, and then they have to have the update module. And all three of those totaled five gigabytes, but, which is mean they really only needed three gigabytes, which is five was not correct. But you but know what? They were if, giving themselves some pad. I, without without knowing too much about the technology in the iPhone, how they do it, it's hard for me to understand why you could not as an engineering solution, put forward a solution say, for people with tiny phones, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure they've right. got, then we're going to make sure they've got an iCloud backup. Yeah. And then we're going to, we're going to download the system and we're going to wipe the phone. Uh, and then we're going to do the install. And if it fails, we're going to have put a stub on there that will have enough juice on it to get the radios going and talk to Apple and download the thing again if we need to. Yeah, to start just like the power, just, the MacBook. Just like does. the MacBook. It has that, too, exactly. just, it has that recovery partition. Yeah, right. I, I agree with you. Uh, it, yeah, I, yeah, we, yeah, we can go around. There was a question on Quora. I don't know if you look at Quora. This, it's another question answer kind of thing, and I've sort of got sucked into it. And someone said, How long before an iOS device is obsolete? And so my answer to that question was, Obsolete's the wrong word. Typically, Apple devices to this point have taken two new iOS updates fairly well. It's the third one that's always the problem. 
example, my iPhone four took five and six or six and seven just fine. No, five and six just fine. Yeah. Seven slowed the thing down to a crawl. It was completely useless. My iPad two took six and seven just fine. I put eight on it. Oh my god! It just completely. It. I mean, I'm not using it. I. I have a mini now. I. I stopped using my iPad too because literally you'd press the home button. It would take five to six seconds to respond. Right. It's, it's so, so the, but my wife's iPhone four, which she still uses has six on it. She doesn't, she didn't even go to seven. She's, she doesn't care about the features. She just wants to use what she's got. It works just fine. So it's not really obsolete, yeah. but it doesn't get the new features. And so that's my answer to that question is that a typical iOS device will take two major OS updates just fine. The third one it will be allowed to take but shouldn't, and usually they don't let the fourth one go on. So uh, iPad 2s can't, took 8, they won't take 9. iPhone 4 took eight, 7, but it won't take 8. Uh, the 4S took 8, won't take 9. You know, you can see that progression moving forward. Uh, but that's two years, yeah. you know, of, of reasonably good uh, service yeah. of, and updates. Uh, and well, again, that's uh, going back to this point I'm trying to make about Apple of old. I'm not happy with iOS eight. It's really buggy, really buggy. I it, was, it is. It is not the update that I hoped for. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, I love the features. Don't get me wrong, but the performance is pretty bad. I I was sat. And, and does it crash a lot? I, I get was, a, on my five S. I get a lot of crashes. I was sat in sat in a meeting this morning, and I got an email, and I picked it up to look up look at my phone, and I saw the first couple of words of it. And then my phone reset, and I got the white apple, and then my phone stuck hung like that. And I had to do a hard, you know, the power and the home button have? to reset 5S? it at 5S. Uh, That's I'm, right. I'm and I find iOS is very buggy. I'm finding on my iPad Air that not only, not only am I getting crashes, but I'm also getting, um, I'm also getting uh, problems with Wi-Fi, where the Wi-Fi will be slow. Um, do you find it does, it doesn't show up? I find it, a lot of times Wi-Fi, the, the, yeah, the access yeah, points simply just it, don't show up. It doesn't show up or it, it flips between different channels and so it slows right down. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you can see there's a DNS problem because it will be very slow to get to a website and then all of a sudden the website just like pops up. Sometimes you'll put something into the to, into the address bar in Safari and hit, ret- hit search <coughs> or hit return and it will just sit there and do nothing. And then you press it, again, refresh again and then it will load the page. So I, I stopped. Just, it said I've stopped using Safari again. I, I went back to Chrome in iOS eight because I found yeah. Safari in iOS eight was not working well. Chrome was working yeah. better again. I, I had switched in the previous one for, from Chrome back to Safari because Safari worked better. Um, uh, no, yeah, it, I'm yeah. hoping eight point two or whatever the next one is to come out uh, fixes. We'll fix uh, some of this but stuff. By the I, time we get eight point two, we'll have had iOS eight for what six seven weeks. And really, yeah. six, seven weeks of bugs and poor performance. And we're not even talking about what they did with 8.01 when they actually bricked people's phones. It, to oh, me, this, is, this isn't the Apple we're kind of used to. And I know that they have these contracts where if somebody screws up, they can fire them the next day and that's it. But you, it's better to give people the time and the space to get it right so you don't have to fire anybody. <laughs> You know what I mean, and maybe that means yeah, doing, I mean, I mean, having that means doing things more slowly. Companies like that, yeah, I, I can imagine. But so here's the other thing that happens at Apple, and I bet you it hasn't changed since I've been there, is that the developers get the biggest and best devices on their desks and in their hands, mm-hmm. and Apple is getting worse and worse at forgetting that not everybody's going to go buy an iPhone six. 
Yeah. And iOS 8, designed for iOS for the iPhone 6, runs beautifully on a phone that is, what, what do the specs say? I can't remember the exact number. Uh, how, how much faster? Two point? Oh, two and a half times. You know, I mean, it's yet. two and a half times faster. Yeah. Uh, more, it's got two gigabytes of RAM instead of one gigabyte of RAM, which makes a tremendous difference. Um, so if you're sitting there with your 5 or your 4S, which you're not quite ready to upgrade, because not, I mean, let's be honest, the, I go to AT&T, the upgrade cost to me in the end, however I do it, is about $800 yeah. for a 64 gigabyte iPhone 6. It's not cheap. And I'm not doing that every year. No. I know a lot of people do. I, that's why I still have my 5S. I will probably upgrade to a 6 because I need to get my wife off her four. So she said she'd take my 5S and I would go to a six. Uh, but that's the only reason. It's just I can't afford to do that. And Apple's forgetting that people have older devices. They did that in the Mac for a while, yeah. too. Uh, you know, but the you thing is, how to stop it, updating OS because it would I just had, kill yeah, your, your Mac. I'm sat here with a 5S and an iPad Air. So these are both the top models from last year. So up until six, seven weeks ago, they were uh, Apple's premier models. And I put iOS 8 on, I'm having problems with both of those devices on iOS 8. That's not That's – but my solution to that is not going to be I'm going to go out and buy another Apple device. Right. That's when you start <laughs> thinking, hmm, <laughs> I wonder what those Galaxy Notes are like because that's what people do. That's what they do. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I know, hate to tell you, I, I, I – like your Leaf test drive, I test drove a – uh, an S3, I think it was called. Yeah. And the, the, the now I got people like to bash. I'm gonna I'm gonna upset a lot of listeners here, but people like to bash Android. But I played with the 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 S3 in my hand for a week, and I got to tell you, it took about half a day to get used to the why did they put that there or how come it doesn't do this. But it was kind of nice. Yeah. It was fast. And, yeah. and there were things that, like it had apps built in, like you pointed at the stars and look what the stars are and track airplanes and things like that were just built into it. And I was like, okay, so it's fun. And it's not so significantly different. Yeah. Yes, it's different. You do have to get used to where things are. It's, I will say, it, Android, I'm sorry, it is not integrated with the apps in the same way iOS is. iOS is elegant in the way it integrates. Yeah. But I got this for it. My phone keeps crashing on me. That an, that Android device is looking pretty damn good. Well, all not, of a sudden. Yeah, not only that, I think it I think crashed I, once. I think with the latest version with KitKat and then this new version, version five of Android, Google's really closing yep. that gap about the fit and finish. They are. Uh, it and, didn't crash and, once. And Windows 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 Phone eight point one. I'm a win, I use a Windows phone when I go away. I have an unlocked Windows phone that I use, and I, I like, really I, like I really Windows. really like it's it. Nice. And it's also a very nice I think system. Windows. I think Microsoft did a beautiful job yeah. on Windows 8 phone. It's I've played with one of those as well, and I've actually considered that that would be that might be the next phone, especially if it gets what's it called, Quora? Uh, no, what's it called? What? Um, um, what's she called? Quora? No, uh, it's uh, Cortana. She's is she's Cortana. named she's named after the AI from the Halo games. Oh, is that where it comes from? Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. That's right. Uh, yeah, I've seen that work. I've seen that demoed, and it's. Yeah. I, sorry, Siri. You're you're sounding a little old when you hear how well that thing works. It makes, it makes me I, laugh with Siri because everyone talks about Siri as she, but here in the UK it's got a man's voice. So I was I was funny when people talk Siri. Well, you can pick, right? Yeah, but but, but you, pick? you can't you can't no you can't have a I don't think you can have a lady's voice in the UK. I think you only get a man's voice. So it always makes me laugh when people seriously. Talk, yeah. 
Fairly, fairly I sure. Not, I did not I, know well, that. I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm going to go and check my phone now. But I'm pretty sure that the the only UK voice is a. Uh, if you want the English accent, then you've got to have. Uh, so I have one that says. So here I can. Siri, what time is it? The time is nine oh seven a.m. See, I can switch. Yeah, he that. I that, can switch. I've got to say that guy sounds a little bit camp and perhaps a little bit uptight. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, that's compared to uh, Siri. What time is it? It's nine oh eight a.m. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's only uh, there's only one uh, English United Kingdom on here, and that's that's the one I have, and that's the male one. So uh, I did not know that's let, very let me, so Siri let, to you is yeah, the ee. Let me listen. Let, let let me play him for you. Siri, what time is it? Yeah, that's a better that's a better voice than this one. Yeah, but it's not it's not the sexy lady. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I can change gender, but yeah. I can also change. Wait a minute. So if I go English United Kingdom, oh, it switched to male. Ah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. So when uh, I switched language to United Kingdom, it went oh, back to male. So until, oh, hang Siri, on. what time is it? It's nine oh nine a.m. That's Good the guy. Yeah, so I, think, I didn't, I didn't spot, I didn't spot the voice gender thing. Let me let me try now because I've just switched it to female. What time is it? The time is seventeen oh nine. There she is. That's there my she new. Is. That's my new babe. So- <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could leave it in. It's funny when I switched to Kingdom. It, there is female, but yeah. it defaulted Defaults the male to one. male. Uh, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. That that must be new with iOS eight because I'm pretty sure I've not seen that one before. But maybe I never. Okay. Lose. I mean, there's yeah. always been gender here. Yeah. Uh, uh, at least in the last. At least in the last OS, it was there. But but yeah, you're right. The, I, I, it was, mine was when it's on male. That's kind of weird. The problem like, is now I'm going to. Do, ca- do I'm women gonna, prefer the man's voice? Well, I don't. I, I don't know. Person? I know my wife on her sat nav likes to have an Australian man. I don't want to know about what that's about. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm. <laughs> I'm. Uh, uh, she yeah, she'll have the shit. She so you want you know you want a man telling you what to do ex- when you're driving. Exactly. Yeah, so like <laughs> at the next right turn. <laughs> it's really like that. But um, but yeah, I'm I always gonna... wanted to design a navigator that was that was nasty. Yeah, right. I, I, I wanted yeah. to I wanted to be. You know, I, like when you miss the turn, it goes, ah, you missed the turn. No, I knew you weren't going to turn can, there, you but can you can't get, turn yeah, on the you, next block. You can get that from, I think the TomTom devices have celebrity ones where they will abuse you. Um, and and basically, I, I'm pretty sure that, that they had, uh, what was it? I think it was, it, was, um, it might have been um, uh, Dennis Hopper. I'm pretty sure the Dennis oh, Hopper funny. voice for TomTom is fairly abusive, but there you go. But I wanted to actually say things like, oh, you missed the turn. I, I knew you weren't going to turn there. Yeah. You know, I tell you to turn, you don't yeah, turn. That's right. Fine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, you know, I want it to be more condescending. You that's know, it's right. Like, yeah. like the person next to you is used to read the map. Hey, I told you to turn there. What's the, you don't listen to me. You know? <laughs> yeah. You need that, nag- you need that nagging device yeah. in your car. to. <laughs> Okay. Oh, and just one thing before we go, because we're, we're getting up to time now, but we did have some feedback that came in last week, which we deferred until this week because we knew you'd be on the show because it's addressed ah. to you. So this okay. is this is from um, this is from Peter. Uh, and Peter says, just a short comment to Owen's issue with iTunes. This is when you were talking about uh, having it on the NAS. 
Do you, re- do you recall yes. a couple of weeks ago? Right. Says, yes. Uh, and, and you were saying you were having having difficulties with it with it disconnecting and uh, not. And so not when my NAS out. shuts down, yeah, um, on on my Windows machine, and I don't, I haven't, it don't sit on the Mac, but on the Windows version of iTunes, if the NAS shuts down and I launch iTunes, it repoints the library to the C drive. To some default drive, yeah. and then you have to switch it back manually, which takes forever to rebuild the library. So, yeah, exactly. So Peter said, uh, "Owen, I don't think it is a Windows issue. I had the same problem on my iMac. I also had my okay. iTunes library on the NAS. When the volume when the volume was not available on iTunes startup, a new local database was created in the user's music folder. Yep. First, I yep. used a script to always mount the volume bef- on iTunes before starting. Now I have my library back on the internal HD." So he oh he, he moved his library back. He's oh. admitted defeat. I, I, well, I mean he, that's sort of where I'm getting to. I'm going to put a big drive in my in my Windows machine. I, my Windows machine is the server. It runs Windows Home Media Server because it works with my set top box. Mm-hmm. So my Dish Network set top sees all my media on my Windows yeah. machine. So that's why I moved my iTunes there because I can get all my music on our set tops in the house and I can play it really easy. It's really kind of nice. So that's why it's moved over. That's yeah. the only reason. And that machine is on all the time because yeah. it's also well, so, you know so, it's an yeah. SVN server for de- development. It's got but it's got my backup. My backup. You were talking about not doing backup. Yeah. Retrospect runs on this server right. always, so it backs up all my machines regularly. So I, but, I've I've set up a similar system in my house. I I bought one of those HP microservers. You seen those kind of look cute yeah. thing? Yeah. Really great, great, really great little devices. Very cheap. I, I think I only paid about hundred pounds for mine. Which for a, um, a machine of this sort of class, it's is really good. So it is a proper server. It has four four internal drive bays. It has all the RAID stuff built in. And basically, all I've, nice. I did I didn't even put a server version of Windows on there. I just put Windows eight. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, and, I'm using Windows Seven. Yeah, but yeah. And, and I've I've set up the uh, they they have this thing called uh, disk. Um, what's it called now? It's disp- It's kind of like um, a software RAID. Basically, it makes all the disks in the machine look like one big volume. So I've, right. I've okay. set. I, I have four drives in there, and I've set them up to all. Is it like, RAID five? I it's, guess it's it's hardware RAID, but then the Windows. I think it's called Windows Storage Services or something. Um, and okay. basically, all Windows does. It, Windows does is it it takes the various. Um, it's not even RAID. All it does is basically it takes all the data and it makes it look like one logical volume. One big volume. Oh, well, that's kind of nice. Yeah. I like that. So um, I have that set up and then I've I've got all my media on there. I'm running a copy of iTunes on there so that it can serve the Apple TVs in the house. And I have all my music on there as well. Set up with iTunes okay. Match so that I can pick it up on all my devices. Uh, and then yep. I also have a Plex server running on there so that the I smart do. I TV, use Plex yeah, as well. So the smart TVs in the house can pick up just some of the media because I don't want and, and I, all the kids stuff is basically served to the TVs via Plex so all the adult stuff you know the kind of the more um, you know more mature movies like the uh, you know the more violent movies and the things we don't want the kids to watch and everything are all in the iTunes which are under the Apple TVs and those have got parental locks on but ah, then all the all the kids stuff is on Plex so the kids can just turn on the TV and choose their shows and watch whatever they want um, and so it would be so great if all this up. software could sh- end up on a mini yeah, well, I, I, I mean, the thing is, I could, I could put it on a mini, but uh, to, to, to do a mini would have been a lot more expensive. I would need to buy external yeah. drives and all of that. Whereas this kind of, a, it was all a single box, so it was nice. Well, I mean, I, I, I did. I bought, I bought a NAS drive. That's I thought that was going to be the whole idea of that. So, yeah. okay, okay. On the final note. Yep. 
there was a very funny video on Dig today. I don't know when it came up. Uh, it maybe it's been there for a while. Uh, every on-screen death in the original Star Wars trilogy in under three minutes. <laughs> it's it's very funny. Yeah. Two billion five million six hundred and forty-five thousand eight hundred and sixty-eight approximate deaths. Oh, and, and it's like it, it just it's hysterical. They're it's including, just, they basically, they, you know, including like, all the the destruction of Alderaan and that. Then, well, Alderaan yeah. goes and it jumps yeah. to two billion, right? Yeah. which is very funny. <laughs> but but they someone edited together with some very strange rock music behind it. All the deaths of all the original trilogy. So I have to tell people that's it's on Dig. Uh, and that's what it says. Every on-screen death in the original Star Wars trilogy in under three minutes. Very I, funny. View. I will find a link to that, and I'll make sure it's in the show notes for this show. <laughs> Owen, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Very, very entertaining. David, you, you as well. And I, I thank you for making the time to join us this week because uh, it was really good. Hopefully, we'll speak to you again the next week or two. Well, Tim wants me to sort of start becoming a, exactly. uh, an irregular. So. Irregular. <laughs> whenever, whenever you're available, we'd always be pleased to have you. So, Fantastic. Uh, okay. Wonderful. Good wonderful speech. Wonderful being you. on. Thank have you. a good week.